Let's pray together, and we'll look at our passage for the day. Father, we really need your help when we open your word. You know that, but I I just pray that to lead us all in confessing that to you. I need your help to proclaim it rightly, and we all need your help to receive it, be transformed by it. And you've done that so many times for us. You're so good and so faithful. So we come to you again humbly, and we ask for that blessing again. Please open your word to us. Please open us to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We are moving forward in the book of 1 Corinthians this week, and we're going to be talking about a topic that we usually don't talk about unless it is Easter or a funeral. We're going to be talking about the resurrection. Now, we left off last Sunday. We've studied a lengthy, difficult passage about orderly church worship. I'm skipping ahead a little bit into chapter 15 because uh, just earlier this year at Easter, I preached on the first part of chapter 15. So we're going to pick up in chapter 15, verse 12 today. And the big idea of our passage is that if there is no resurrection of the dead, that means that Jesus Christ himself wasn't raised from the dead. And if Jesus Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then all is lost. Everything we hold dear as Christians is lost. It seems that the Corinthian Christians, for some reason, were beginning to distance themselves from the belief that there would be a resurrection from the dead. Now, perhaps they just found it hard to believe or hard to imagine, and I would say that's understandable. I don't know if you've ever really slowed down enough to think about this doctrine of the resurrection and tried to even visualize what will this be like. But it is a bizarre reality. Death itself is bizarre. It's an unpleasant reality. We don't like to think about it, and so we usually don't think about it unless we're at a funeral. But it is an extremely important fact of our lives, and we need to think about it. I read somewhere that a pastor's job could be summed up that he is just supposed to prepare his people for a good death. Now, that's a bit of a morbid approach to the task, but there's some truth there. We are all moving toward eternity together, and we will face it one day. So we're going to have to think about it. We're going to think about it for the next couple weeks, this idea of resurrection, this promise that the dead will be raised from the dead those trusting and following Jesus Christ to eternal life, those who have rejected him to damnation. Paul's point to these Corinthians who were rejecting the notion of a a resurrection from the dead is first that Jesus was raised from the dead. So how can you say there is no resurrection from the dead? If there is no resurrection from the dead, that means Jesus himself wasn't raised. And if Jesus wasn't raised, all is lost. He begins in verses 12 and 13. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, which he is, that's what he established in verses 1 through 11. If you remember the Easter sermon, which I doubt anybody does, but you can look back at it. If Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? 
But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Now next, he's going to lay out four consequences of that belief. If you reject the doctrine of the resurrection from the dead, with that you necessarily reject the idea that Jesus was raised from the dead. And if you reject that, all is lost, and he's going to give four examples of the consequences of if you believe that. The first one is, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, we cannot trust the apostles' message. Look at verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. By the preaching, he's referring back to what we see in verses 3 through 8. And I'll read that for you. It won't be projected. Paul writes, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So this was Paul's message. This is what he proclaimed. These things happened. We saw Jesus alive. We saw him killed. We saw him dead. We saw him buried. And then we saw him alive again. And we saw an empty tomb. And though many, many people had great reason to prove that the resurrection was false, they couldn't. They couldn't. Because we had both. We had the empty tomb and we had the appearances of Jesus Christ. If it was only the empty tomb, people could have said, well, you just hid his body. You just stole his body and hid it somewhere. But no, we also saw him. If we only had the appearances of Jesus and not the empty tomb, people could have just said, you didn't see Jesus. Come on. Let's go look at the tomb, and there his body is. But no, they had both. Historically, they had both. Empty tomb and appearances of Jesus Christ. He was raised from the dead. Now, if he hadn't been raised from the dead, everything that the apostles preached and was recorded in the New Testament would be vain, which means empty, hollow. Elias and I went on a hike recently And being bold, manly adventurers as we are, we went off the path to get down to this creek that was sort of rushing with water from uh, all the rain that had been going on. And so we were plodding down the steep hill to the creek and then back. And along the way, we would try to grab branches, and literally every branch we grabbed was rotten. So everything we tried to grab hold of just collapsed in our fists and gave way and crumbled to the ground because it was empty, it was hollow. That's what this word translated vain means. So Paul is saying if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, all this that we have in the New Testament, all the message of the apostles would be like those hollow, empty, rotten branches. It's just vain, empty, hollow. Now, thinking through this, which we need to do, you might think, and this is something I've wondered, Even if he didn't arise from the grave, he still died for our sins. So why is all lost if Jesus wasn't resurrected? Well, the Bible teaches that the resurrection is what confirmed and validated everything about Jesus. 
You've probably heard the story of Lee Strobel. He was an atheist who was a journalist. He was a newspaper man. And he turned his journalism analysis skills onto the claims of Christianity in order to disprove it. He thought, you know, Christianity is based on history. So we can, as journalists, we can investigate and we can just disprove this whole thing because obviously nobody is raised from the dead. That's nonsense. And so he did, and he flew all around the world, and he, he in, uh, interviewed experts on the historical aspects of Christianity. And in the end, he ended up throwing up his hands and saying, it is true. And it all hinged on this, the resurrection. And I have a quote from him. He wrote later, once he became a Christian, after his quest to discredit Christianity failed, the resurrection is the supreme vindication of Jesus' identity and his inspired teaching. It's the proof of his triumph over sin and death. It's the foreshadowing of the resurrection of his followers. It's the basis of Christian hope. It's the miracle of all miracles. See, the gospel, the message of the apostles has substance and power because Jesus was raised from the dead. It's a historical fact. If you're ever trying to share the gospel with a skeptic, you would do well to quickly steer the conversation to Jesus' resurrection. Because if your main argument is only your testimony, well, God has changed my life through Jesus Christ, that's not typically going to be convincing to someone who's hardened themselves against the gospel and who sees it all as superstitious nonsense. But point back to the resurrection. How do you explain Christianity exploding onto the scene in spite of every external factor working against it? How do you explain these blue-collar apostles going into hiding after Jesus' death and then three days later coming out willing to die with this message that they saw Jesus Christ alive again. It's the resurrection that fills the gospel with substance and power. They saw these things. They were witnesses of these things. They testified to these things, that they saw him killed, dead, buried, and then alive again. Without the resurrection, our faith, just like the apostles' message, would be vain. It would be hollow. A hollow gospel You would be a fool to trust in it. That's why Paul says, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. The second thing we would lose if there was no resurrection of Jesus Christ is the apostles' trustworthiness. So first, we cannot trust the apostles' message if there's no resurrection. Second, we cannot trust the apostles at all if there's no resurrection. Verses 15 and 16. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. So not only is the apostles' message empty and hollow and vain if there was no resurrection, it's even worse than that. Their message is lies, it's deception. Either they are all lying or Jesus really did arise from the grave. Remember, the apostles were not gurus 
They were not super-duper wise philosophers coming up with a new way of life. They were just witnesses saying, we saw this stuff. And God showed us this stuff, and Jesus taught us this stuff. They were just messengers. I think sometimes we can think about Paul and the apostles sort of like Mr. Miyagi. You might remember Karate Kid. He's a super wise, mysterious teacher. But these were just blue-collar guys, fishermen, tax collector. And they were just reporting the facts. They were more like news reporters just reporting the facts. News reporters, if they are publicly shown to have lost their integrity, if they are liars, their careers are over. They can't be trusted anymore. We saw, we've seen it happen a couple of times. You remember with Dan Rather, I think back in 04, he ran with a story questioning George W. Bush's military service, and it turned out that he based it on forged documents. So he wasn't even lying about it. He just didn't do the due diligence. And this man who, he had worked with Edward R. Murrow way back, I mean, he was a well-respected newsman. His career just over. Hey, they didn't fire him, but he resigned, and they fired all of his producers and everything. And you really don't hear much of anything from him anymore. Because we expect these people to just, with integrity, just tell us honestly, what did you see? That's more the category of the apostles. They're just telling honestly what they saw. And if they're lying about the resurrection, then everything they wrote is to be discarded. There is no resurrection. We cannot trust the apostles at all. And you might think, well, they still have some interesting insights. No, it's all tainted if there's no resurrection. It's all tainted because they must be lying if there was no resurrection. So you really have to rip out at least the whole New Testament and be rid of it if there was no resurrection of Jesus Christ. The New Testament is trustworthy because the reporters are trustworthy. There was an empty tomb and they saw Jesus Christ alive, as was prophesied in the Old Testament. Now, if Jesus had not been raised from the dead, we could not trust the apostles' message, we could not trust the apostles at all. And third, Christian faith would be vain and futile. Christian faith would be vain and futile. Verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sin. So it's not only vain, our faith would not only just be a hollow, collapsing nothing, but it would also be misguided. That's what that word futile means. It means aimless, pointless, profitless, getting you nowhere. You would still be in your sins. Jesus would have just been another dead revolutionary leader, which the world has seen many of. Many people want to say, I don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but I do think he was a good teacher. But if he wasn't raised from the dead, and thus confirming all these claims of him, he couldn't have just been a good teacher. He would have had to have been either insane or evil. Because he claimed to be God himself. He claimed to be the long-awaited Messiah King who would return one day alive for his people. Faith in Jesus Christ only makes sense if he was raised from the dead in the resurrection. You know, sometimes we Christians struggle with assurance of our salvation. I don't know if I'm really saved. 
And what we'll often do is look at our feelings. Do I feel really saved? I think we would do better instead to look at Jesus' resurrection and just renew our trust in Him and what He accomplished. Because His resurrection proves that He is the Savior capable of removing our sins and making us right with God. That's why the resurrection has always been the centerpiece of our faith. So without it, if Jesus wasn't raised, we couldn't trust the apostles' message. We couldn't trust the apostles at all. Christian faith would be vain and futile. And lastly, there would be no hope beyond this life. If Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, there'd be no hope for any of us beyond this life. Verses 18 and 19. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ. That's the Bible's preferred way of referring to death. Asleep. The very terminology implies hope of awakening one day. And Paul is saying if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, there would be no such hope of awakening. Asleep would be the wrong way to put it. Perishing would be more accurate. Destroyed. Gone forever. Without Christ's resurrection, we Christians would just be pitiful. Of all people, most to be pitied. The idea is that we would be wretched, sad, misguided, misled people who gave up everything that could have given them some scraps of happiness in this world for an empty hope that's false. And I think people do think the resurrection seems too bizarre and a little too good to be true, like something maybe someone would make up. And I can understand thinking that. I don't know that I would believe in the resurrection of the dead, except for the fact that I believe that Jesus Christ himself was raised from the dead. That's why I believe it. Jesus was the first fruits. It all started with Jesus. With his resurrection, he split history right in half. Everything is measured by how close it happened to his death and resurrection and how close it happened after his death and resurrection. It turned blue-collar apostles into messengers who spread the news of Christianity across the world over time. It sparked this 2,000-plus year movement called the church that still is going strong. It's never been refuted. There was an empty tomb and Jesus appeared to people alive. So, the question for us is we, this introductory paragraph and the Sundays to come, it'll be fleshed out more and more, is do we believe in resurrection? First, do we believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? And second, do we believe that people, too, will be raised from the dead one day? There is no resurrection of the dead. That means that Jesus himself wasn't resurrected, which means that all is lost. Everything that we hold dear is lost. We can't trust the apostles' message. We can't trust the apostles at all. Christian faith is vain and futile, and there's no hope in this life beyond this life. But because we do believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, we do believe that there is a resurrection of the dead of his people. 
And therefore, we can trust the apostles' message. And we can trust the apostles. And our faith is full of meaning and purpose and value above all others. And there is hope beyond just this life. I want to invite you to come back in the future Sundays throughout this month as we go through. And I want to invite you also to read ahead. Because this is a unique thing for us as a church. I don't think we've ever dwelled on the topic of resurrection apart from Easter or funeral services. So we're going to look at it with clear eyes over the next several weeks. And I believe that it will really strengthen our backbone as Christians, our faith, our allegiance to Jesus Christ, our hope in Him, our peace in Him, our joy in Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Please help it start to settle into our hearts all the implications of this historical fact. Strengthen our faith and allegiance to him. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.